You're on 3CR, coming to you live from the May Day Rally. Mad shout out to all of the legends there who presented for us over the last few hours. We had Annie McLaughlin, Marisol Salinas and Giselle Hanna there on the mics. And then, of course, the legends Katia, Michaela and Gab uh, from the 3CR team behind the scenes, bringing you the May Day Rally 2022 live from the Melbourne CBD. You're on 3CR Queering the Air, and I am your host, Jacob, bringing you through to your next hour until 4pm. I want to start by acknowledging that we're broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation today, and sovereignty was never ceded, a treaty was never signed, and this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So we've got an exciting kind of May Day themed workers' rights show coming up for you today. Very shortly, I'll be speaking with Amy Sargent, who is the National Convener of Queer Unionists in Tertiary Education. And then after that, we're going to be playing a very interesting interview uh, from a show called Behind Closed Doors. So that shows all about the world of sex work. Um, It's got two very charismatic hosts, Kitty and Sustia, and they had a really interesting chat with a trans sex worker about their experiences working on the streets. I'm going to jump to a quick CSA now, and we'll be right back after this. CoHealth is a not-for-profit community health organisation providing health and support services in Melbourne. In late 2021, CoHealth facilitated a workshop for women from diverse cultural backgrounds on effective communication skills for social and professional settings. Positive outcomes for workshop participants were collaborative discussions in safe spaces and onward access to support services. To learn more about our services and programs, visit cohealth.org.au. CoHealth is a 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Queering the Air here on 3CR 855 AM. Jacob here joining you from the studio on your Sunday afternoon and We're going to be talking about workers' rights, and as our understanding of gender and sexuality evolves, so too must our practices of equity within the workplace. Now, we know many queer and trans people don't feel like they can be their full selves at work, and on top of this, LGBTQIA plus people face higher levels of disadvantage when seeking a job. So here to unpack a range of different issues affecting uh, gender diverse, trans, queer people in the workplace is the national convener of queer unionists in tertiary education and a Twitter baddie. It's Amy Sargent. Amy, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> hey, hi, Jacob, and happy May Day. And yeah, Twitter baddie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can attest as one of your followers, you are a Twitter baddie. You <laughs> speak the truth and that's what we need. So happy May Day and thanks for yeah, coming thank on you. 3CR. <laughs> um, so Amy, start off, let's uh, talk a bit about the NCEU. So what is it and what are your core aims? Yeah, totally. So the NCEU, National tertiary education union is the only union solely representing employees in Australian tertiary education spaces, so university. Um, we're a democratic member organisation run by tertiary workers, so the union is all of us, all of the workers at universities. Um, and we have a branch office on campus at every Australian university, and the NTEU has over 28,000 members um, across the country. So mm-hmm. I'm not technically a spokesperson of the NTEU, um, but I am, yeah, as you said, the convener of our queer caucus, um, so I can absolutely speak uh, in that capacity. <laughs> and, and tell us a bit about this uh, queer caucus. So is that kind of a, a faction... Um, of the NTEU, or is it a a separate organisation? I wouldn't say it's a separate faction or a separate organisation. I think it's just a a body that exists within the union, and our job is to advocate and and speak on behalf of our queer membership. And, you know, we have 
um, regular meetups with all the queer members in the union who want to attend, and we have representatives in every state, and um, we try to push things in the best direction that uh, recognises the needs of, of queer people. Mm, sounds fantastic. And what do you think are the main issues that are affecting queer and trans workers at the moment? I suppose mostly in, in tertiary education, but also more broadly um, across yeah the workforce. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, obviously, and as listeners of this show would be well aware, like the the word queer encompasses so many, so many different groups, so many different lived experiences. Um, and so, therefore, there are so many different challenges that people are facing around the place from, like, everyday bigotry, um, access to just safe, queer, friendly spaces on campus, access to um, bathrooms, full stop. But um, more recently, and I can speak to this, you know, as a trans woman myself, um, we have engaged in a campaign for something called gender affirmation leave. And speaking of challenges, this gender affirmation leave thing I'm referring to um, seeks to alleviate some of the challenges relating to, you know, remaining employed as a teacher or a lecturer or whatever at a university when you're trans and you need to transition. So important. I think um, it's definitely something that has really only evolved in recent times, would you say? I, I don't think this is probably a very traditional um, kind of policy of a union. Would you agree? Yeah, well, around the world, um, there's been kind of uh, moments of this kind of popping up around the place. But this is the first time that our union um, has really stepped forward, stepped out in a big way and run a big campaign on this. We're currently in our kind of bargaining round right now, which is where we kind of set the terms with our respective university management. So all of the different university managements around the country right now are organising what the terms and conditions will be for all of the workers there. Um, And so, yeah, we are lucky in this bargaining round that we have the support of, like, the management the national executive of our union and they're saying yeah we want to fight for this and they voted to make this what's called a and sorry for all this jargon but what's called a a mandatory claim which means that every branch every university around the country uh coming up will be in a fight to get gender affirmation leave in their agreements in their universities so yeah this is definitely an unprecedented step um on this scale definitely the biggest campaign we've run since I've been the convener of of the Queer Caucus. And hey, if we can make this happen and we can make it a widespread thing, that will set uh, the bar for other industries too. Mm. We want, you know, I I want this everywhere. (laughs) Mm. Absolutely. I think it's a a fantastic idea and I'm wondering if you can unpack it a little more. I I understand it's probably still uh, in the works, but what does gender affirmation leave actually refer to? And tell us a bit about why it's so important for trans people. Yeah, totally. So gender affirmation leave, this is the phrase we're using. It's not gender transition leave. You know, there's this kind of perhaps misinformed view out there that like the trans people, they, you know, for example, in some cases, you know, they start as a boy and then they disappear for a couple of months and they come back as a girl and they're all medically changed and everything. Obviously, in reality, that does not represent the vast majority of experiences for trans people. So most trans people transition, gender affirmation is a years-long process that encompasses social changes, medical changes, legal changes, and all of these things take lots of time um, to undertake, to go through, to work through, uh, to pay for. And so, you know, a lot of trans people who are workers, full stop, but for us in universities, a lot of, like, trans teachers can't can't teach through that. Like, they, they can't pay for it. They, can't, they don't feel supported in their institutions to do that. 
So gender affirmation leave, what we are pushing for is that workers can take paid time off, whether they'll continue to be paid, um, but time off to go and do those things, whether those things are doctor's appointments, legal appointments, so on and so forth, um, to alleviate some of that pressure, to alleviate some of that stress, because we need trans and gender diverse workers in our universities. There are not enough. There certainly is not a proportionate amount to, you know, how, how many there are out in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and because trans and gender diverse people enrich our workplaces. It's not a burden on our workplaces, you know, for someone to go off and have a brief period of leave every now and then. That lived experience, those perspectives um, that are brought uh, in, in any workplace, but especially in teaching, especially in the tertiary sector, um, those are just totally invaluable. So pushing for this period of leave, the, you know, the end agreements might be slightly different, like how many days it is, if it renews annually. Those things might be different at different universities. Um, but, you know, if we get this broadly happening, that would be a huge change and a change that will save people's lives. It definitely sounds like something that could also be customizable, I suppose, between the employer and um, and their employees about how much time is needed because obviously it's it's different for everyone. And speaking from uh, personal experience, I can definitely attest I'm a much uh, happier and better worker when I am affirmed in my gender. And I'm curious, I know that you've sort of been in discussions with universities, as you said. What has the response been from workplaces around uh, gender affirmation leave? Have Has anyone really embraced this? You mentioned before there was some support, but what's kind of been the broader trend? Yeah, well, widely, there's huge support for this in the sector from tertiary workers. But it's important to remember that university management are not just going to give away leave willy-nilly. You know, they're going to push as hard as possible to give us the worst possible deal. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but hey, we want to see action over optics. I just, I feel like I can't say it enough. When it comes to queer organising, we want to see action over optics. Like, it's one thing to have your campus with little rainbow flag stickers and badges around. Like, that stuff's great, but it's hollow if it's not followed up by action. Um, And so this is one way, one way that university management can take action to support one of the most vulnerable groups um, in their their worker base um, is is implementing this. So has there been pushback? Yeah, there definitely has. We're currently gathering signatures uh, to take to the University of Tasmania because they've kind of... uh, thrown us under the bus, basically, um, on this deal. And the the battle will go on. Um, it'll be a long one. Every university in the country um, is going gonna, is gonna to have this fight. So we'll see. <laughs> we're expecting pushback, <laughs> but we're not giving up. Of course. Yeah. You, you may have lost some battles, but you haven't lost the war yet. Um, now, something that I read on the NTEU's website that shocked me was there was a few statistics there, one of them being 95% of trans workers transitioning in the workplace left their jobs. <clears throat> now, why do you think this is the case? I think tertiary spaces, as well as just the broader world that we live in, is hugely transphobic, hugely binary coded, um, and full to the brim with all of those little aggressions that make life untenable for a lot of trans people. Um, and and especially, you know, as someone who's delivering content in a university, this applies to all workers, but a lot of workers in universities are teaching. You know, you're the person who's got to be up the front with a spotlight on them. And if you're someone who's experiencing like crippling gender dysphoria, that's a big challenge, I can say from my own experience. Um, and and on top of that, like, like we just said before, if you can't afford the medical stuff that you need to get done, you can't afford the legal stuff that you have to get done, which is hugely expensive, um, yeah, it becomes untenable. And so people leave their jobs. And those incredible teachers, those incredible workers are, are lost 
lost from the sector, which is a, a tragedy. Mm, and I, I fully agree with your point before about how trans and gender diverse workers enrich the industry. They're, they're not a burden. So um, I think it really points to the fact that, yeah, we should be accommodating and doing everything we can to make sure these people feel comfortable um, and able to, to continue to work, particularly in education. Now, we're on the precipice of a federal election, and I, I know you've got a lot of opinions on this because I follow you on Twitter, but um, <laughs> trans people seem to have been tossed around the gutter a fair bit in uh, the opening weeks of the campaign. I want to ask you, what are you hoping will happen at the election with, with trans people? What are kind of some of the key policies and things you want to see up for I wouldn't say debate, uh, but things that can be moved forward into action because we know we know debate yeah. and we know how that goes down. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, totally, and I and I totally agree with that with that point that you made because there is no goddamn debate about trans lives. Trans lives are not up for debate. Not today. Not tomorrow. Never. 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 Mm. Um, what we want is on top of a lot of things better access to healthcare. That's something that would change things radically, radically for trans and gender diverse people is equitable access to healthcare, having gender affirming surgeries, medications covered by Medicare. Um, that would be stratosphere shifting um, for, for so many people out there. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, what you say is true. Uh, the the debate, the debate, the debate discussions, misinformed ramblings happening involving trans and gender diverse people um, with with regards to the election campaign. I mean, none of those discussions being had by the two major parties are relevant to anything that's happening with cis people or trans people. Mm-hmm. Like cis people don't. The majority of cis people uh, do not care about stupid misinformation about trans people in sport, so on and so forth. And uh, luckily, we have preferential voting, and luckily, there are some great other options uh, who are promising uh, those healthcare reforms, so on and so forth. So I'd say look into that. Mm, Healthcare is definitely a big one that I've been hearing a lot from uh, trans and gender-diverse friends well, Amy, we're just about going to wrap up, but I wanted to ask if you had any final thoughts um, on how workplaces can become more inclusive of trans and gender diverse and queer people. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners tuning in who are very riled up uh, from May Day and want to know what can their workplaces do to include um, the LGBTs? Yeah, right. I think... Ally training is super important if that ally training is good. And so speaking to community advocates um, in advance of of choosing what kind of ally training you get delivered at your workplace is super important. But having that stuff, making it mandatory, making sure everyone's on the same page with that is great. Um, But also equitable access uh, in the workplace generally for trans and gender diverse people, super important. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. Loved all those points there, Amy. And thank you so much for coming on um, and sharing your insights on Queering the Air. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your May Day. Yeah, thank you so much, Jacob. And thank you, 3CR folks. I'm a big fan. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was Amy Sargent there um, from the National Tertiary Education Union, more specifically queer unionists in tertiary education, speaking on gender affirmation leave. And if you want to learn a bit more about uh, all of that stuff, you can head to our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash queering the air, and we'll pop some links in our show notes. Now jumping to a quick song. This one is called Work That by D-Boy and Chimba. Bring it back up, 
May Day to all of our listeners here at 3CR. You're listening to Queering the Air, joined by myself, Jacob, live in the studios um, in Fitzroy, Nam. And we've just heard a really fantastic interview from Amy Sargent about gender affirmation leave um, and being inclusive of trans and gender diverse and queer people in your workplaces. Now, I want to give a special shout out um, to a trade union that launched today, Australia's first union for the games industry um, launched today. So well done to all of the people behind that. If you're interested um, and if you are a game worker, you can check them out, gameworkers.com.au. And you can also follow them on Twitter, as I am about to do now, um, gameshub.com. So that is games, sorry, Game Workers AU. Uh, So G-A-M-E Workers AU. Well done for our workers unionizing. We love it. We love to see it. Um, So up next, I'm going to play a segment from Behind Closed Doors, which is a show on 3CR. It's every Thursday from 6 to 6.30 p.m., um, hosted by two very charismatic hosts, Kitty and Sastya, and it's all about the world of sex work. Um, So they interviewed a trans sex worker called Tiffany a couple of weeks ago, and she opened up about what it's like working the streets, uh, about sisterhood, and all about her experiences uh, as a trans sex worker. So take a look. Thank you so much for coming tonight. My pleasure. And by the way, she dressed to kill tonight. <laughs> yes. You know why? Because I, I thinking I speaking to uh, I invite by the Oprah Winfrey from Melbourne. <laughs> I call her the Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's dressed to kill. She looks gorgeous tonight. So tonight, oh, I, I want to talk more about um, yeah. your. Uh, how how do you um, first start get into sex work? Okay, first study to sex worker. First, I came to Australia at a study, mm. and then it's all the expense, all the all the currency that it, you have to pay up, all the bill that you have to pay up. Of it start depressing you. Of course, depressing it's, you. It's and not then- cheap. It's for, not cheap. Yeah, for international students. And also, it's on that time. It uh, all the like. Uh, I wanna do the like. Uh, okay, first start. I wanna do the normal massage, Thai massage, and then they never employ transgender. Oh. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. but now they do. Okay. Now, now they do. Okay. Yep, yep. But before, yep. 10 year, 15 year ago, no, they, yeah, everyone crawl. Yeah. Everyone like, doesn't accept the transgender at all. And it's hard for the job that I'm be looking. So I'm looking for the restaurant and also restaurant, it work very hard. Yeah, yeah. I can say the price like, Maybe five hours, I make like a $50. Wait, what? Yeah, that's slavery. It is. Yeah? Yes. But that, that uh, I think it's the pride there now on that time. And it makes you more depressing when you try to work hard every day in seven days. And then you have to pay rent. You have to pay the uh, fee for the school fee. Yeah. And then one of my friends, Thai Mm friends, she actually... Into the, she asking me, she said, why aren't you go to working as a sick worker? I, and I never been work before. Okay. I never been work before in, yeah. in Thailand. I never okay. been work. So I thinking, no, I don't want it. I keep saying no, keep saying no, keep saying no. Mm-mm. Until it, you know, it, you have to survive in mm. some state. And yeah, then you get depression, like a big depression. Because yeah. it, you said, if you keep doing like the job, like the restaurant job, you're not going to be last long. For you need to Australia. survive. You need to survive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then I said, all right, I'm going. Yeah. Okay. So um, were you um, scared on your first uh, booking? Were you mm. nervous? Uh, absolutely. Like I'm cheated out. Because it, the thing, the thing, I'm working at the, one of the brothel in South Melbourne, okay. sir. Then, and then it, when I got the first booking, I got checking. After that booking, I got, it's not the same like a, you, you hook up for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, hook for, you hook up for free, you can get like a thousand guys come per, per, per night. Because but it's it's more pressure, it isn't it? Is because it's pressure, a business transaction. Business transaction, you never be in. You feel like, oh, this is the work. Yeah. I got checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I never been back for another three months. Okay. <laughs> That's how I get chalked for myself. Okay, I get, yeah, yeah. I, not, I figured out I what's going you. on. Yeah, 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 of course. And then after three months, then, okay. Then you are a bit more prepared. Than Correct. What, what to expect. Correct. Oh, okay. And, and then after that, um, your life changed. Like, uh, you managed to pay for your school fees. Yes. And, yeah. And make my life more comfortable. Yes. Yeah. And course. then I can breathe from yeah. that time. I think it, yes. Yeah. That was start. Of course, um, this is why we have this show to share stories like sex work is not bad at all. Sex works have helped a lot of people like us. Yeah, yeah, uh, to have a better life. Yes, and not just helping me here. Mm. Also, it's helping my family down in Thailand as oh, well too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still remember because back in Singapore, um. Uh, working in the sex work at Orchard Towers, if you heard of the Orchard Towers. In yeah, Singapore, yeah, yeah, yeah. I there's heard a it. lot of um, Thai uh, 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 trans women there working. Yes. And we become friends. And then yeah. sometimes after after work, some of them didn't have a job. We just go uh, to get some food. Yeah. And then we share our stories. And they tell me that they come here because the currency is bigger. So they can yeah. help. Uh, pay for to uh, to help with their parents back in Thailand. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then especially when that tsunami hit, um, yeah. Koh Samui. Yeah. Many uh, Thai trans from Koh Samui come to Singapore as well. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. So many of them. I get to meet um, a lot of them. They're so nice, and they were quite afraid because they never done something like this working um outside of Thailand. Yeah. But um, we we always keep out look out for each other like. Over here, it's the same. Like working in, uh, in in the street, we always look out for each other. It's like sisterhood, yes. right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. that's right. So, um, so when did you get into uh the street? Then, how how did you um end up working on the street? Oh, yeah. And then it's when uh one night uh yeah. in the in the brothel, and then one night of the girl is asking me, oh, do you wanna work on the street because I'm looking for the friend." <laughs> Sounds I said, like my, oh, my experience. <laughs> it sounds like very very nasty down there. <laughs> I never work because I'm more classy. <laughs> I'm more posh. I'd rather do, um, but it's okay. Let's try because yeah. I'm already try try yeah. everything already. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just say, okay, I try try one night, and then suddenly. One night you may you earn a lot of money, right? In one night, we stay in a brothel for so many hours. We only make a few 
hundred dollars. Yeah, and a then few hundred. On the, on the street, you only need about two, three hours, and that's it. Yeah, that's right. right? But I'm talking this one is ten years, yes. fifteen years <laughs> be, be, before before yes. ago, okay. ten years ago. Yeah, not I, now. I'm the same uh, experience with you. I was uh, working in a brothel, and then one of the girls said, "Like, why you waste your time working in a brothel? Come, yeah. come with me because she's drive as yeah. well." So she brought me. There. I was so scared. Yeah, like I don't know what to expect. I always yeah. hear. Uh, all these horror stories yes. on the street. Yes. So, uh, but um, you know what? Like, like you said, we are always survivors. Yes. So we have to to toughen up and try. And you know what? It was a very positive first night for me as well. And also, you know what? You thinking it the place that you thinking it very dangerous. Yes. But unfortunately, it's very safe. You know what? You need to work smart. Yeah, yeah. You if you you can't let the work control you. You yes. control the work yes. because you can't just say yes to any of the client. If you correct, yeah, correct, correct. What correct. if you can feel like that right. client is a bit off, right? Right. So don't jump in that car. First impression, what it what tell mm. you, and that it you will tell yourself that it how you have to work, right? It dangerous or not dangerous? You know. Yeah, that's why I always see that time. Even though I was on the street for a very short. Time period of time, I see that trans women always are so careful. Yeah, like working on the street, they also look out for each other. When there's a yes. there's a waste uh, time waster, they will text you and say, "This is the plate number. Do not go in." Yes, that's and, right. That's right. And do you? Um, uh, I also believe that um, the police also was looking out for us at the time. Yes. Yeah, because they, for me anyway, this is my experience. They asked for my ID. Yes. And then I was, I, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna get <laughs> handcuffed, bring back <laughs> to the station and get charged. Yeah. But no, and then after they give back my ID, and then I asked one of my girlfriend who works on the street, I said, like, "Why do they ask for our ID? No, they just want to know that you exist, you work on the street. Yes. If something happens, then they know." Yes. Yeah. That's right. And That's right. and at the time, I think I also. We hardly give problems or even report to the police about yeah. anything happen, no, right? No. We yes. we I've seen with my own eyes. One guy was trying to be funny with one of the trans women, Asian trans woman. Yeah. She pick up a, a wooden uh, yeah. plank and chase him, and uh, and everybody start chasing him on the street. <laughs> oh my god! That is what sisterhood is all about, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're on 3CR, queering the air, and we're listening to a conversation from Behind Closed Doors with Tiffany, a trans immigrant sex worker. And, um, yeah, it's unfortunate some of the cis uh, 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 female, you know, there's a lot of problem. Um, yeah. You know, they're being abused, and yeah. there's a couple of times, uh, a couple of them being murdered. And... Um, yeah, at that time, I was still walking on the street when this happened. And the police were going around and ask, show us pictures of this woman. Yeah. Um, who, uh, do you know this person? We don't know. We don't really hang out with this female because we have our own headquarter and the female will be in a different street. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. So, so um, give me a, a, a good story. Uh, um, maybe one good story when you met a client on, on the street. A good story? Yes. Um, that's something story. that you can't forget till now. <laughs> I I I I think it put it this way. When I'm work on the street, this is the best of the lifetime of me. I always thinking, wow. Before they clean up the street, anyway, I mm. feel like a, I'm happy to be on the street yeah. and make me more smarter. This yes. is the experience okay. taught me to be on the street, not always in the in the brothel. Yeah. Because if you have to work smart and meet a lot of people, meet a lot of uh and to be confident. Yeah. Yeah. To be confident to who you are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is what is the good outcome for me, good experience that is I Work on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree with you. Um, I, I have nothing bad to say about the street because no. I have such a good experience. Yes. Yeah, and um, I was look after. I, I even met new friends, new new yes. trans, uh, sex workers there. And yes. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, I'm actually quite glad that I actually braved myself and took yeah. the offer with one of my girlfriends. Said like, let's try the street since it's so quiet here. Yes, in because I um, myself I used to be very very shy mm, because mm. I never worked. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in Thailand I never worked. So yeah. now I'm very shy. And then it, when that girl is asking me to work on the street, yeah. and since from that day, it changed my life. Yeah, to become more confident, to be uh, I talk what uh. What I have to talk mm. to the people. Yeah. I can say no. I can say yes. 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 Yeah. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. So, um, I believe you're still working on the street still. Yes. Yeah. Time and to time. has it changed within 10 years ago oh until now? <laughs> That's why I say it's 10 years ago. You can't compare any day now because <laughs> now it's no more transgender. It's hardly to see transgender, not even. Oh, okay. I can't even see transgender anymore. And also, it, I have to work on the girl section. And then it, <laughs> when the guy come, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to tell them I'm a tr- Transgender. Yeah, I'm yeah. a lady boy, love. <laughs> you want to go with me? Oh, you look beautiful. <laughs> but you want to go with me? Uh, some girl, some not. Yeah. But I not care because it, that is how how it changed. Yes, 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 yes. But I'm still work time to time, and yeah. because it to build my ego. Okay. So, yes. um, sis, uh, w- were you struggling during the COVID? You know, during the lockdown, how 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 was work for you on the street? Oh, you can't work on the street. Yeah. You can't work on the street at all. But um, because it, this is what I have a plan B. Because okay. It, when yes, I'm you working, always have plan B. You, yes, yes. yes. When you work, when you're working, you have to save for some something. Rainy day. Some rainy day. Yes. And also, it you must have your regular. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When you have the regular, <laughs> you... You are surviving. That's why you have to provide the good service all the time <laughs> with the smile. <laughs> that is true. I think a lot of sex workers during the uh, pandemic, during the lockdown, uh, some of them struggle a lot because yes. um, they don't have regulars. That's correct. Yeah, and some, of course, they are fortunate to have regulars. Yes. Especially if you work in a brothel. I don't think it's hard for you to find a regular. because oh, be very hard. Yeah, even the brothels are closed. Yes. Yeah. And then it, how can you work at home? Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't even thinking about yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, do you think this uh sex work decriminalization um you know uh in Victoria will change a lot for uh street based sex workers? I think I think it will. Don't you think? Because you know at the moment um um being street based sex work is still considered like. Um, illegal. Okay. Yeah. So it's hard for if something happens to a sex worker on the street, like being beaten up or being abused or being molested or being raped, it's hard for them to report to the police because yeah. they are working. So yeah. it's hard. So it, with the day cream, they oh. probably, because then sex workers are protected. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Yeah. So I always, like me, I'm a trans sex workers a lot of my trans sex workers always say decrim doesn't make much difference because we have always been a survivor since day dot no but i feel like uh, if you have that one it's kind of like a backup okay yeah it's like a backup to make you feel more safe more yeah. comfortable more safe correct more safe more comfortable because you never know what is in the corner yeah you need that one. Yeah. If it happened, you know, you need your bounces. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> your securities, of course. Yeah, you already know you have the power because no yeah. one is gonna be mucking around with the transgender anyway. Yeah. Because it, when you mucking around with them, <laughs> the whole you know, transgender around Saint Kil uh, yeah. Saint Kilda Street there will come uh, chase one yeah. person. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm. It, it was. It was so empowering when that happened because I know that happened in Singapore in Orchard Towers. If one transgender woman fight with one um, guy, usually it's um, um, uh, some expats, uh, as uh, the Thai would say, Falang. Yes. Yeah. 
one fighting with one all come down. All the Thai yes. trends, Singapore trends, Philippine trends all come down. That and is that how it should be. Sisterhood. Sisterhood, that is how Correct. it should be. That yes. is, we have to watch out to each, each other. other. Yes. And when that happened, that time when I experienced um, when all the trans uh, women sex workers on the street were chasing this guy because he was mocking one of the girls, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is what sisterhood is all about. Yes. Yeah. It feels it feels good, isn't it? And you feel good. You, yeah. still, you feel like uh, even you don't know them, yeah, but they yeah. still give you support. Correct. It makes you have more like uh, uh, you not feel down yeah, put yeah, it this way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> And sis, I, I I've asked you this question before. Um, with the D cream, right? Mm. That means you know everybody from all over the states will come to Melbourne so, to work. So do you, don't you think it's going to be a competition? Not at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all for me. Think about this one. You can't eat McDonald's every day. <laughs> you have to eat KFC. You okay. have to eat Hungry Jack. You have to eat a cold variety. Mm. And also, is I'm not the um I'm not the cock owner, <laughs> so I can't just tell a client can't go with that girl, can't go with that girl. Look in my country, yeah. Look at my country in Pattaya. Why have so much bar, so much yeah. girl who working? Why? Because it's variety, and why everyone wanna come to that province? Because yes, it's because it's yes, the yes. yeah because it's the variety never yes. see before. Yeah, and yes, I'm more happy. Bring it on, girl! <laughs> come to Melbourne. <laughs> okay, so the decree will um will happen sometime in May. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we will find out. So yeah. Come to Melbourne. Yeah, come to Melbourne. We, we, we love need, you. We need we need flavors. We need variety. Yeah, we need variety. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, um, our listeners, especially the sex workers, um, listen to this. Like Tiffany said, there's not many sex workers on the street anymore. So no. please bring yeah. that street back. Yeah, please bring the street back. Now it's dead. But if your guy is come and support and watch our shelter, yeah, it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, again. I think I would love to see you know um other genders of sex workers like uh female uh, sex workers. There's also like uh guys sex workers on the street like behind um, Woolworth there on Eklund Street oh, ages ago yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, ages ago ages ago yeah so I wish when this happened you know I wish everybody can look out for each other not just trans people will look out for trans people we can actually all together all together yeah, can talk sex can, workers yes. look out for each other and watch out what's going on this is a mystery safe yeah uh, yes because there's we need to look out for each other. There's a lot of time wasters and a lot of bad uh, people out there as well, you know. Correct. Yeah, that's so right. that's why we need to look out for each other all the time. Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones including parents, siblings, extended family, and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation, and provide peer support. We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to Trans Family are tax deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. Trans Family is a 3CR supporter. Do you love Channel 31? Do you have a favourite programme you just can't miss? Or even a favourite Channel 31 personality? If you love your local community TV station, well, there is a way you can help. Head along to c31.org.au and click the big old donate button. Your contribution to your local station will help to keep us on the air. Making more of the quality TV you know and love. Plus, you'll help to make sure our team can continue to provide access, training and education behind the scenes to hundreds of young Victorians. That's c31.org.au. And click on the big donate button. Thank you. A 3CR supporter. 
Welcome back to Queering the Air live here from 3CR. I'm Jacob and we just heard a fantastic interview from Behind Closed Doors. They were speaking to Tiffany about their experiences as trans sex workers working on the streets. And prior to that, uh, we had a live interview with Amy Sargent, who is from the National Tertiary Education Union about gender affirmation leave and some of the other great initiatives that they are running. Well, happy May Day, everyone. I think it's been a really interesting show um, and it's prompted some reflections of my own about uh, creating more kind of trans, gender inclusive, queer inclusive workplaces. Now, I think one really big point that comes to mind is pronouns and just normalizing sharing pronouns upon first meeting. I'm fortunate enough to work for an organization that makes it compulsory to attach your your pronouns to your email signature um, and your name. And honestly, I can't tell you what a big difference it has made for me uh, using they, them and not having to explain it to every single person uh, that I meet. Uh, So pronouns and the email signature, a big one. I think as well, creating uh, safe spaces on university campuses as well is really, um, really impactful. Now, I discovered the other day, um, surprisingly, there is a queer lounge on my campus um, at my university and I was stoked. So I I checked it out and I actually made um, a couple of friends, which was really nice. So I think um, if you have the, the capacity to sort of creating those uh, exclusive safe spaces really does make a difference. Um, and it really did lighten my mood and, you know, make, make me more happier to be there, happier to work. (laughs) So yeah, doing things like that. And Amy mentioned before as well, participating in allyship training. So if you are uh, heterosexual or, um, cisgender and you're a part of an organization and you don't really know too much about, um, all of this, you know, queer stuff, I think ally training is definitely a really fantastic investment. Just learning a bit about, you know, what are the experiences of my LGBTQIA plus uh, co-workers and how can I best accommodate to make sure they feel comfortable and safe at work. And I think creating those steps and and many more, which I'm sure um, we can do some more research on that and and go on for hours, um, but we'll have to wrap it up soon. I think uh, participating in those steps really does make a big difference in reducing unemployment um, and making people feel safer at work. Because we heard some grim statistics there about 95% of transgender people leave their jobs uh, when they're transitioning. So yeah, definitely something Uh, we can be doing a lot more on. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure taking you through uh, for your three to four o'clock session on this very fabulous May Day. I hope I injected a bit of queer energy into the the workers' rights uh, movement, and I hope you all enjoyed uh, the broadcast. So enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Up next, we're going to be listening to a song called Heterosexuality, It's No Good by Dosh Luckwell. And then following that, we're going to have Myrna coming in to present Salam Radio Show. So happy May Day and thanks for tuning in.
was young, I said to my mom, life is straight, it ain't no fun. Well, son, she said, see Dr. Brad, who let you know if he's straight or a fag. The doctor's office, I exposed my orifice, of Dr. Brad can see straight or a counterfeit. Mid-slam, he said, damn, damn, boy, this is queer ass shit. Not to mention it, sniff a rabbit happy. Damn, boy, this is queer ass shit. Not to mention it, sniff a rabbit happy. Rabbit habit, it's more addictive than cabbage. Don't mind the front, but prefer the back cabin in the park off the dock. Take a quick stab at it, quit, pick your pink, think shit is having a rabbit happy. Two veg in a pop, wanna get off, but you're in the shops. No cops, but you know that the law ain't soft. So you spell the chicken, chicken, screw the neutral box. Rabbit habit, takes over your consciousness. Wake up in the morning, what's the point in getting dressed? When your thighs are on the bar and your eyes are gyrating. Salivating beak and your lips are masturbating. Rabbit habit, saw some in from the boy. Shove his head in the pillow, cause he's making too much noise. Oi, neighbors are playing helicopters overhead. Chat, have a lot of this, you can fuck him when you're dead. Your girls are cool, your girls are tease, man. Rabbit up is a handicap and they don't take it seriously. Ladies and gentlemen, it's beyond a joke when you're about to poke their up in smoke. Poor blokes, on the other hand, a handy when you need a hand, a happy slap up on the back and bend it down and give it that. They're cool, that's a good or bad. Being fags a happy fat. One thing that no good for me is heterosexuality. Yeah.